I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. As I mentioned in previous episodes, uh, I had to do some pre-recording, some pre-interviews, pre-interviews, not a pre-interview, but pre-recording of interviews uh, because I'm currently busy, but I couldn't let y'all go without some good stories. I just couldn't do it. So, um, if I say something that seems like it's not timely, that's because it's not. It was recorded like four weeks ago when you're hearing this, I guess. I don't, I'm not very good with math. Anyway, uh, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show where I talk to fellow actors about their journey and most importantly, some bad auditions that have happened along the way. Today on the show, we have an actor who I know you know. You know his face. He is one of those actors where he's been in so many things. You may not know his name, but you should. And that's why today we have Brent Pope on the show. I was super excited to talk to him. So here's my conversation with Brent. Welcome to the show, Brent Pope. Hey. How, how are, are you? you today? I'm excellent. I'm ready to uh, talk about some acting stuff. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the acting. I was uh I was looking at your your website and your IMDb before coming on here and you have done what seems like every uh show in the re- like 
recent 10 years uh, <laughs> on television. It's like you're just popping up everywhere. Yeah, it seems like uh, I the volume of shows is great. I need to start getting like the, you know, the, <laughs> the bigger, the, the bigger shows. I mean, I yeah. did do, uh, you know, it's funny is like what, if you looked at my resume, you would think like my biggest thing would be like, I did this three, three episode guest star on bold and the beautiful, which, you know, I'm that, not, yeah. uh, I'm not either one of those things, both beautiful or bold. But, <laughs> uh, and I think they said they nominated me for most out of shape person to ever be on a soap opera. So I got that going for me. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, you know, you, you find out. Have you ever worked on a soap opera? Yeah, I grew. I for when I was a kid, I was on Days of Our Lives. You for did, a right? Years. You were on. So what? What I didn't realize is, man, do they do a lot of dialogue, and it's super quick. And like so one of the much. stars came back from vacation, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm doing seven episodes today." I was like, "What?" Like she just like, "Yeah, we just got to catch up <laughs> on all the things while I was on vacation." But what was crazy was like. I guess it totally makes sense because I was just playing this bailiff in the court and I'm just, just a lot of swearing in and going out to the hallway like, you know, Ridge, Thornhill, you know, things like that. But yeah. the cam- the camera's literally never on me. You know what I mean? Because I'm just, it's always on the star, like I'm kind of dirty <laughs> in the thing and they're like swearing and they're focusing on the Bible. And the fr- so, uh, but, you know, my mom's friends are very happy because they, they love watching soap operas. But it's so weird that like those things where it looks like it's, a prominent role is like, yeah, it's just kind of uh, glorified extra with a couple right. lines, you know, and it was great, but uh, it's not like what I would <laughs> like to show people. <laughs> yeah, it's not what you put on the the demo reel to send to casting directors. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. So tell me, I mean, like I said, you've done so much, but tell me what got you into this? What What made you want to become an actor? Was it something that you like knew from childhood or was it a recent discovery i you know it's weird because i always liked entertaining people and uh making people laugh i think i discovered i was funny uh at somebody's birthday party at like a pizza hut and i was just singing along to like that celebration that cool in the gang song and people were like (laughs) you're really funny i was like i am oh okay but you know the first time i was supposed to be in a play i was like at this church camp when i was like in i think first grade and I was so, I was so shy about being on stage. I guess I didn't realize what it was going to be until the show was about to happen, and uh, they started doing the actual rehearsals on stage. And my mom came to this play at the church camp, and didn't realize I had quit the play like <laughs> a week before, so I wasn't oh, in no. the play that she came to see. <laughs> and the whole time oh, leading mom. up, she's like, "Oh, can't wait to see you in the play today." And I'm like, "Yeah, totally." And then like, I just wasn't in it. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So and you bailed I, I, in first grade. I bailed in first grade. I And then I had a couple cousins that like, I grew up in a very small town in Nebraska. I mean, I was born in the Philippines, but at like six months old, I'm in Nebraska. My my uh, family had owned like a dairy farm. We had like 40, 40 cows, you know, the black and white cows that you always see. And so uh, anything to get out of, my dream. you know, milking the cows all the time. I would play every sport. I would try to be in every play <laughs> once I got old enough where they're like, you got to help on the farm. And I was like, oh, I got this play and I got this baseball game and all this stuff. Um, but I had cousins that were older that were like, they were the stars at the school. And I was, I looked up to them so much and God, I hate to say this because my one cousin is so cocky about it because he's, he lives in Nebraska and he's like, you wouldn't be an actor if it wasn't for me. You know, you, I was your hero. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Take all right, take it back a notch, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I started doing plays in high school, and then, 
And then of course the, for me, like having a Filipino mom, that's a very, there's a very like thing about being practical and, uh, you know, going to school for mm. theater in college was just like, well, what are you going to do? Except what if the acting doesn't work out? All you can do is act or teach acting. So I did broadcasting, which I thought was kind of a happy medium where I'm still performing. I could work at a yeah. TV station or a radio station or uh, maybe even a newspaper and but still kind of be an actor, you know, someone that made people laugh. So that's what I did. And then I got out of college and I hated all of those things. I, I mean, I, I, well, I didn't hate them, but they weren't my passion. I worked at a TV station. I worked at a newspaper. I wrote humor columns at, while I was in college. And so I came out to L.A. It's going on. It's over 20 years now, uh, which is funny because I, you know, I have wow. my own podcast and I just had somebody on that. They, they asked me when I moved to L.A. and I said 98 and they go, oh, that's the year I was born. And I said, that's great. <laughs> I feel so old now, <laughs> you know, oh, no. like literally. And she didn't mean it in a bad way, but like she literally was born the year I moved to L.A., you know, so. Um, but I came out here to like, I thought I was going to be a writer. And then I I just was doing improv comedy and sketch comedy for probably like 10 years until I finally got the mm. the courage to like, you know, try to get an agent and start going out for, you know, whatever I could. You know, of course, a lot of times it's commercials at first and then I, it takes forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm always so envious of those people that come out and they're like, yeah, I came out and I immediately got a theatrical agent because that just wasn't my experience, you know? And yeah. And, and I, I, I think I wouldn't give up that struggle that I had to get to that because that's, you know, I, I think I might, I don't know, maybe you'd become complacent if it was too easy to get it. I don't know, but that just wasn't my journey. And so mm -hmm. I don't want to live anyone else's journey, I guess. Uh, maybe that one guy. From well, True and I Blood feel like the people who like immediately, the people who like immediately like come out here, get agents and like automatically book something. It's like. That's a fluke. That's not yeah. that's not a regular actor's story. It's not how things go. That's just a fluke and it happens. It's like, you know, how all of a sudden it's like Emma Stone became a huge hit overnight back with EZA. Right. And that yeah. was that doesn't happen. It's just a fluke. It's right place, right time, luck, and yeah. that's it. Or like uh I think that's is that what's the famous story of David Boreanis? Who's I think yes. he, was on, he was on Bones and stuff. Like I believe the story is he got discovered while he was walking his dog. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> and maybe that's true. Maybe that's not totally. true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and maybe he was already a model or something. But that's the story that I heard is like he got discovered walking a dog, and I'm like, that's so. I hate you. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but so it, Damn you. turns out he was, turns out he was he's a talented guy. You know, he's worked a long time, but like it could easily been like yeah. he got discovered walking his dog and then he did one show. And after that show is like, no one wants <laughs> to cast you again. Cause you, whatever you were paying on set or, you know, you didn't have the passion to do it or you never learned your lines or whatever, you know, but, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting how you go through that whole, I mean, for me, a huge thing was, you know, I had been for, I, I got to that point where you're like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm struggling a little bit. I am, I'm doing commercials, but not as many as I want. And I'm not really getting TV auditions. And I just start making my own stuff, you know, because uh, you know how it is sometimes mm -hmm. casting is like, unless you actually do something on camera and maybe even if you do, they still don't think you can do it. Uh, but if they see it, then they can kind of picture you in those type yep. of roles. Um, so I did, you know, couple web series where I was just playing a bunch of different types of characters and 
I ended up getting like a manager that wouldn't have, I didn't have enough credits for this manager, but she saw my reel and saw one thing that I did and was like, that's really interesting. And she signed me just from that, you know, and then it makes such, I don't know if you had this person in your career where it's like, you, you're always advocating for yourself. You have to be your own number one fan. Even though people say actors sometimes like kind of Mm self-centered, you have to be your own number one fan. Cause if you don't believe in yourself, you have to be, no one else will. Right. So, you know, I finally got the manager and I, in, in our first meeting, I'm kind of talking to her and she's, she kind of stops me and goes, look, I want to sign you. So, uh, and just so you know, I mean, the way you're talking right now, you're, I don't know if you know this, you're really good. And that just changed my whole, it just changes everything to have somebody that really Mm -hmm. you think believes in you and takes the time to get to know what you can actually do, all the things you can do. Um, Because I've had reps where like, they don't ever want you to call them. Uh, and I know they're busy, but they don't ever want you to call them. They don't ever want, they never come to any of your shows you're doing when you're in the crappy black box theater, you know, do I'm doing David Mamet at the yeah, Hollywood yeah. Fight Club Theater. <laughs> but like, when you I have that care. person. Don't call me. Right. It, but it makes it so much a better relationship and it relaxes you and allows you to just kind of try to do the work when you realize the other person believes in you. So then, okay, I believe in me. You believe in me. Now we can do this. That's it's interesting. Yeah, I like I personally it's been a weird situation for me because it's like I had people like that as a child when I was a child actor and then finding it's been a struggle for me to find someone that I connect to as an adult. Like it's been it's been a struggle to find that person that I feel like gets who I am now versus who I used to be because it's it's different. Obviously, I've grown up. So it's just, um, it's been difficult for me to find that, but it's nice to know that it's out there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's out there, but it's, I don't know that it's that common, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'd have to ask all the other actors, but I look, all I know is I, it's changed everything for me, you know? So, <laughs> and she's so like, you know, it's was... crazy. Like a good manager, I think is kind of like one of your BFFs, you know? Uh, it's, yeah, they should be. Yeah. They really should be. You, what um, at- what was the like first thing that you booked TV wise where you were like, oh, okay, I I know what I need to do. This is what I like. These are the roles that I need to play, and this is how I'm going to build my trajectory. Uh, it's interesting because <clears throat> you know I've always been seen by casting, and I you know I look you ha- at least they see you as something, but I'm always like. Very blue collar guy. And I guess you could say growing up on a dairy farm in Nebraska, I guess that is kind of my roots. Blue collar. My family wasn't fancy. We weren't rich. But I'm not a guy that's going to go out and fix your car. You know what I mean? I'll mm-hmm. I'll find the mechanic to fix your car for you. Uh, <laughs> very helpful in that way. But that's what they <laughs> saw me as. And so I had to, you know, I have to be able to realistically play those parts. I think the first TV part I did, well... <laughs> very first thing I ever did on TV was one of those reenactment shows. I don't know if you ever had to do any of those. Since you probably start out younger, you didn't have to go through that oh phase where you gosh. do the reenactment shows first, uh, where it's like North Mission <laughs> no. Road, which is like, okay, so North Mission Road was this show. It used to be on what used to be Court TV. Now it's True TV, I think. Maybe it's something else now where a crime happens and they're they're showing the actual people that it happened to, but they're also showing people reenacting. And so this guy had... This North Mission Road was all about crimes that were solved by the coroner. 
So this guy had, uh, I don't remember if he killed his friend or his wife, and he decided, uh, uh, killed him with a <laughs> piano wire, and he decided, I'm just going to throw them on the railroad tracks, and then when they get run over by the train, all the evidence will be... <laughs> will be destroyed right well they still look like they got strangled by piano wire uh after they got ran over by the train but anyway they were the guy when they're when they're asking this guy about it he's like there was this uh transient gardener and so there's just a close-up of me like with one of those weird wire cutters just like staring into the camera going like this like maybe they got the wire cutter did it and that was the first thing i was ever on the team <laughs> it's ridiculous but then you know and then i move on to like I think it was Cartoon Network. I did a show called Incredible Crew, and it was kind of crazy because it's—I don't know that it's that well known of a show. It was on for a few years, but the executive, the producers on the show were Nick Cannon and Mikey Day, who are both huge now. And Mikey Day was actually on set that day, and so that was kind of yeah. cool. But I'm just like—and it was literally just one of those silly kid shows where I, I show up with a box and I'm like, "Hey, uh, I got this package for you." And they're like, "We didn't order anything," and I just got to just take it. And then it's a bunch of shaving cream. And then, of course, they fill the entire house <laughs> with the shaving cream and they're dancing. They do a whole song about the shaving cream. And then I knock on the door. I was like, hey, that shaving cream wasn't for you. <laughs> oh, what'd you do? Fill the whole house with shaving cream? <laughs> like, <laughs> literally. And then you're like, I'm on TV, but what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, oh my I don't know. It's why is so this th- happening? <laughs> why is this happening? And then, you know, then, and then, like, now I'm. Uh, at least a lot of times I'm the guy that's like, if something is broken on the show or something needs to get towed, that's always me. The elevator breaks. I'm the guy that's going to pop his head through the elevator when everyone's stuck. Hey, guys, don't jump up and down because you're going to stabilizers aren't, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know what that means, but I say it. Uh, uh, Silicon Valley. I became the uh, I had one scene on Silicon Valley and now I'm always the uh, official tow truck driver for for Pied Piper. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's, that's what, I, so I, I, you know, I, I think what I learned was I can do those parts, but what I had to do is, and you and I don't know each other. One thing during the pandemic that I decided is like, I can't get out of these roles where I'm just like fixing things and whatever. Uh, so, and part of it was I had a shaved head and I think that's just a certain look that you have when you have a shaved uh-huh. head. It's harder to get those bigger roles for whatever reason. Uh, it's just what it looks like. You played that mm-hmm. part a bunch. And so I decided I'm going to all my friends thought I was bald, like, uh, <laughs> and no, I've just been sh- clipping my own hair for like <laughs> 20 years. So I grew my hair out now. And it's crazy because I skipped the whole like patchy gray part. Now I just have the cool like gr- silver streaks on the sides and it looks pretty awesome to me. And I'm glad. I. Uh, but now I'm starting to go out for some bigger parts. But now the issue is, and you know this. You change your look, and all of a sudden the cast director is like, "Wait, who is this guy? Has he? Have I ever seen him on anything? Yeah. You know, even though they see your resume." So now I'm kind of like being reintroduced to all the casting directors as a guy that's in slightly different parts. Maybe now I'm going to be the well, middle manager. You know, you can shop from anywhere, doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. And the, and the other issue with with that is always like, okay, now you have to pay the $600 for headshots. Yep. Then I got to spend the $300 to upload it onto all the casting sites. Uh-huh. And I have to do this and that and that. And it's like all of a sudden you've spent $1,500 because you just wanted to change your hair. Yeah. Yeah. And then if somebody says something like, I don't know, you sure you don't want to go back to bald? You're like, I look, get out. No. Get out of my house. <laughs> Leave. Just get out. I do, um, look, I just I just had an offer on I don't want to say what show it was, but well, whatever. I, I kind of had an offer uh, on a late night show to play a part, but they wanted me to uh, shave my head to look like Kim Jong Un, and I was like, oh man, I don't I don't think I can do that, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't do it, and you know the and the guy ended up getting a part looked great and good for him. Uh, I just like I was like I I was trying to convince him like maybe you could just shave just. If you're just going to see the back of my head, maybe you can just shave the back. And they're like, no, we got to shave the whole thing. And I was like, because mm. I had done another, I had done an internet video where I was playing him. But at that point, I was shaved bald and just had a toupee on top. I didn't actually have that haircut. So mm. it's a weird thing because now, like, now I can't do those <laughs> roles where they want a shaved head guy, you know, because it takes too long to grow your hair back. Yeah. And it's it's funny. It's like nobody uh, nobody in this town has imagination except for if you're like an A-list star and then they're like, ah, we can make you look 20 years older and have this color hair and you can even have different colored eyes. Yeah, right. But if you're not that A-list guy, they're like, you don't look exactly like what you're like, you know. And I get it. You know, so, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> they have a certain budget and they can't buy everybody a wig and, you know, yeah. But it's a, it's a weird thing to navigate. It is. Speaking of navigating, uh, on this show, we like to share audition stories. And I know you have a couple that are uh, fun and interesting. So would you like to share them with the audience? Sure. I think I've got one that's like really lucky, one that's really unlucky, and one that's like, what the, what happened? (laughs) So uh, I guess, so I'll start with a really lucky one. Maybe I shouldn't tell you what they are. So I, so first movie, like indie film I ever went out for. Uh, and I was just so happy just to have an audition for an indie film. And it was like two lines. And it was, uh, it was a movie called Insight that was starring Natalie Z. If you know who Natalie Z is, I think Christopher Lloyd had a very small part in it. Uh, I think maybe, was it maybe wow. Thomas Ian Nicholas was, was had a small part in the movie too. Anyway, I was super happy to go going out for it. And oh, yeah. I walk into the casting director's office and she, she immediately says, oh my God. And me being an improviser, I was like, I didn't know who she was. So I'm just going to feel it out. Right. And I said, I go, Hey, and she goes, I, where have you been? I haven't seen you since. And I'm thinking like, I do not know. I have never met this woman before. I'm sure I've never met her before, but she says, I haven't seen you since. And I go, I know. Right. (laughs) So I just keep playing it off. And she's like, I mean, whatever happened with that? And I was like, 
Don't even get me started. Like, and so anyway, she booked me on the part and uh, because she thought she knew me probably partly never met her before, never met her since. Uh, <laughs> so that was a really lucky time where it's like <laughs> somebody thought they knew me and they cast me in a role. And I don't know if later on she found out I wasn't that person was just like too embarrassed to like uncast me. But hey, I'll take that one. Uh, oh when, and so I also had, you know, have that thing where you uh, you have to you can do one more job before you have to join the union. Uh, like there's certain jobs you get and then you have to join the union where you become a must join. So I had booked this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were super excited. Me and my uh, old manager were super excited because I had booked this uh, national commercial. And he goes, you got to go down to SAG. You got to join today. So I go down to get my money order. I don't know where it was, 800, 1500, whatever it is to join. Uh, maybe it's more than that. Uh, and I'm in line. I'm next in line to uh, pay my money and join SAG. And I get a call from my manager. He goes, hey, uh, did you, <laughs> funny story. Did you already um, join SAG? And I said, no, I'm next in line. He goes, don't do it. Do not join. Do not join. And I was like, what happened? And he goes, he goes, ah. he goes, I don't know. I was talking. I guess, you know, they sent your stuff out to some ad guy. And this one ad guy said, he looks like this guy that I hated in high school. <laughs> so I don't want him to be in the commercial. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. And, you know, no one that sees the commercial will know that I was a guy that looked like they hated, uh, that he hated in high school. But so that's really unlucky, you know. And, um, oh, gosh, what was the other story? That's awful. That's just, you know, it's just so annoying. Like this guy that, you know, doesn't he doesn't really care. He does enough ads probably in like his lifetime. He doesn't care about this one ad that much. And he got rid of you and took your job. I know. Yeah. And it's so, and then I literally was like three more years before I got to join the union after that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, So I couldn't go out for any of those TV roles because I don't know if, you know, the the audience, if you're not actors or, you know, not in the entertainment business, if you're non-union, you're not really going out for those big TV shows because they have to pay a fee to like, and they don't want to pay an extra fee uh, to what is called Taft Hartley, which is like an old law from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to pay to have somebody that's not in the union join the show if they're not already in the union. So yeah. So it's like that added another three years to like me trying to get in any movies or TV shows that were like, that you would actually see somewhere that weren't non-union, you know? So yeah, but um that's so frustrating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But uh we look back on it and laugh, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to. You just have to. Um so I had uh, one of my favorite shows. This is my other uh, third audition story, which is like one of those just kind of bizarre. Um I don't know if you ever seen the show Better Things on FX. It's uh Pamela Adlon who's yeah. like uh, Pamela I love her so much. She's just like I love her career. I love how long she's been working. So many great things she's done. And and she got her shot to be like, you know, the star of this show, um, you know, later than when you would want it. I think she was in her forties already. And so I go in for this audition. I'm like, oh, you know, when you're going after your favorite show, you try to like not think about that, but you really, I, it's hard to not think about that. I really love this show and I really want to do a good job in this audition. And so I go in for the audition and I walk into the room and the reader is one of the 
for some reason, the reader is one of the series regulars from the show who I know that my wife went to college with, but I've never met. So it was just like, I immediately went into like, oh, hi. And it was Rebecca Metz, who's a great, great actor, Rebecca Metz. And I go, hi, Rebecca. I was like, I, you don't know me, but I'm married to uh, Teresa Pope. My wife and I had the same name before we got married. Uh, true story. Both of our moms are named Patricia Pope. That's another weird story. Uh, <laughs> we're not related. Yeah. But anyway, and Rebecca goes, oh, my gosh, uh, how is Tressa? And so we're sitting there talking, talking, and and then they go, okay, let's do the scene now. And I'm like, oh, crap, I'm totally not ready to do the scene now, right? But, uh, of course, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I don't even remember what happened while I was doing the audition. I felt like I did such a bad job that I got in my car. And, I, you know, we all have these, like, beating ourselves up in the car stories. But I call my, my friend Matt Harris, another uh, comedic actor that does a lot of commercials and TV stuff. And I said, Matt, that's – I just had my last audition. I was like, I – Went out for my favorite show. I embarrassed myself uh, in front of one of the you know serious regulars and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm just like done. And he goes, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Well, I did not book that part. But then three months later, <laughs> I get a call and they, they go, hey, you booked uh, Better Things. And I go, what? I was like, I just remember that a long what? time ago. And it, yeah. And it was a different part. And then when I get on set, uh, Pamela Adlon says, yeah. He goes, we had a hard time finding something, uh, someone for this part. So I went back and looked at the old auditions and I really liked your old audition. So, <laughs> so the point of this, that story is, you know, we as actors, we think, oh, I did such a terrible job at this audition or like they hated me. And then later on, you find out like, no, you have no idea how you did. You can't sit there and judge yourself on an audition because you're going to sound silly later on when you say, oh, yeah, I booked the show three months later. And I told my friend I was going to quit acting, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and the thing is, is like, you don't under you don't know what's going on in, you know, the casting director's brain either. You don't know what they're specifically looking for. Like you could have totally nailed it and thought you were crap, but to them you were perfect. Yeah. I got this, um, one, uh, person on uh, one of the leads on uh, one of the main people on one show. And I don't want to say which one it is just because the show is still running, but they, they, they always bring me in like every season and I'll go into the casting director and I know the casting director and I go, I go, Hey, you're back. And I go, yeah. She goes, yeah, that person brings you in every season, whether you're right for the part or not. <laughs> I was like, I was like, great. This looks, I'm look, uh, this seems promising <laughs> that you said that, <laughs> you know, like oh it's cool. Cause God. sometimes it's cool to like have somebody on your side, but then there's a whole, that's the thing is like the, the person that runs the show could really like you, but then the casting person is like, they're not right. And then maybe that takes the precedence, you know, uh, I'm sure you've had weird things like that where so many things can get in the way of you getting it's that it's a minor miracle when you book any parts and you have to celebrate every victory you get in this industry. Yeah, that's, that's so true. There's so many, so many little aspects. I mean, one of my favorite stories that I like to tell is when I was a kid, yeah. I had booked this Dr. Pepper commercial to play. I forget. It was some country stars daughter. I can't remember who it was, Yeah, but um, there were three girls and they had booked two girls for each role. They were going to fly us out to meet with this country star and uh, like just like hang out a couple days and see who they wanted to pick. And I ended up not getting the role because his real life daughter thought I was too skinny and she didn't want to be bullied at school. 
because of it. And like, you know, looking back at it now as, you know, a a well-aware adult, (laughs) it makes sense. And I feel for that girl. And I'm like, so happy that, you know, things worked out. But at the time, as an actor, when you're like 10 years old and you get sent home, you're just like, but I don't understand. What did I do? Yeah, that's that's that, that's horrible. My wife had this story. My wife is a, a, a mortgage person now. So, you know, if you're looking to buy a house, uh, <laughs> hey. but but she uh, she worked until she was about 30 and then just got kind of frustrated with the where her career was going. She was booking a lot of stuff, but it's not stuff she wanted to book, you know, I guess. Yeah. And so she made the choice to like, I'm going to get a more stable job. That's going to, I think I'll be happier. And I think she is, but she had one of the last things she did was she tested for this show called girlfriends, which was back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was, um, Tracy Ellis Ross, like as a, I want to say they're like in their twenties kind of, it's like three black mm-hmm. women in their twenties, um, show. And it was very popular. It was on for a while, but she, she got down to like the last, to uh i think it was her and one other person for the role and she basically one of the reasons she didn't get the part one of the main reasons was she looked too much like tracy ellis ross like and they're like you're not supposed to be her sister and you look like her they even made her straighten her hair and do all this and they're just like ah, you still kind of look like her so you know so many things that can get in the way and oh that's so sad who knows who knows why you don't get a part you know it's not fair who knows it's not fair when you get it either, to be honest. You know, there's nothing fair about it. It's just it happens or it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, this this whole business is kind of like playing cards. Like sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. And that's it. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, I've listened to a lot of the episodes <laughs> uh, of the show. And it's, I, I'm surprised every time like there's you can never predict what the what the ending of their story is going to be because it's always so crazy. Yeah, you can't predict what's going to happen. And that's. Kind of why I started the show is like, I know that, you know, every actor has had these crazy auditions and it's like, we don't talk about it enough. We kind of just put it like in the back and say, oh, this is just my life. This is just how it happens. And this is how it happens for every actor. So whatever. But I feel like the more we talk about it, the more, you know, we can empathize with each other and be build a better community for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thought process. You know, the more you talk about it, the more it's it's almost like therapy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is like therapy because, I mean, this this business can like really, really eat at your your mental health um, from getting that that no so many times or having those obstacles come up where you're just things that you can't control. And uh, I think it's important that we all talk about it so that it just uh, it feels like you're in it together with other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh that's really smart and um and there's endless numbers of stories of auditions too, you know. Yes, there are. Cuz you know, your uh, your your neck your or my next audition might be one of those stories again, you know? Who knows? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, I have so enjoyed having you on the show. Um where can people follow you on social media and also your podcast? Uh, on social media, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm on Twitter somewhat and Facebook, but it's uh, at Scoops Pope. Scoops, who was my cat I had for 19 years, Scoops uh, Pope. And uh, he was the best. Uh, <laughs> he moved, he drove out of my Ford Festiva to Nebraska, from Nebraska to here with me. So, you know, Scoops Pope. Uh, at Scoops Pope, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I have a Facebook actor page too. Uh, it gets a lot of activity. 
And uh, the show is uh, Breakfast with Brent Pope. It's it's a little bit like this show, except of uh, in, instead of the auditions, we go out to breakfast, and then we talk about you know why did you choose that, wow. and and we and we try to shine a spotlight on these like little um, eateries that that may be struggling, or we just want to like this is a really good place, nobody knows about it, get people to go there, you know, because there's been I you know I started this show in mid 2019, and then like. You know, eight months later, I'm doing a show where I have to go pick up the food and drop it off at everyone's house for like <laughs> a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> which wasn't great. But I did it because I, I still yeah. believe that like it was great. So, you know, it's where Hollywood meets great food, uh, breakfast.com. And it's like your show. It's on everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeartRadio, um, Stitcher, anywhere you want to listen to it. Um, it's yeah. there. And you know what? I would love to invite you to be on my show too, because I think we could have a great uh, conversation about food and Hollywood. I do love breakfast. I'm ready. Yeah? Let's do it. Interesting. What is uh, so? What yeah. is your favorite? What's your? I'm, I'm just asking. What is your favorite place in Simi Valley uh, to have breakfast? Or in LA? What's your favorite um, place in LA? There's to have this. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Have you ever been to? Okay, it's kind of like. It's in the valley. It's called okay. um, the Hungry Fox. Have you ever? Oh been there? my god, the Hungry Fox is the best. I I ate there on Saturday. Bomb. Um, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I I tell this story on the show sometimes. You know that is the place where if you watch The Office, there's a scene where that's where Pam and Roy did their final breakup. You know, at the Hungry yes! Fox. And uh, yeah, and it's a crazy place because they uh, they make their own jam there. Yes. You have great taste. You got to come on the show. I mean, the Hungry Fox. It's one of my favorites. Uh, they <laughs> the have hung- funny signage the there. Hungry Fox, it's- like, it definitely used to be the spot where I'd go, like when I had hangovers when I was, a, you know, in my early twenties. Oh, sure. Like that was that was the spot. I think it also now has become for me like a top, top three chicken and waffles place because their waffles are really good there. Mm. You know, and their fried chicken is good. It's fried hard chicken and. Fried hard waffles, not fried hard waffles, but the waffles are crispy. But yeah, <laughs> Hungry Fox. I look, that was the right answer. <laughs> Love the Hungry Fox. <laughs> awesome. Well, I uh, thank you again so much for coming on. It was so much fun to talk to you, and uh, I can't wait to get breakfast with you. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me on. This is really fun and therapeutic. Thanks again to Brent for coming on the show and spending a little time with me. I'm very excited to go get breakfast with him. I'll let you guys know when that happens uh, so you can give his show a listen. And if you're not already listening to it, make sure to tune in. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. If you aren't following the show on social media, make sure to do that. We post really fun IGTVs every Friday and uh, some other fun graphics and stuff. And it's also a place where we can connect and you can tell me who you want to hear on the podcast. Make sure to give us some love, rate us, subscribe, review those fun things. Tell your friends, tell your family. Um, And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. 
As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season Two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you, and let's make Season 2 even more memorable together. <laughs>